Hey everybody, this is John. This episode came out kind of terrible. Uh, it has nothing to do with our lovely guest, Jessica. We just had a lot of technical problems and it made it really difficult to have a conversation. So, uh, feel free to skip this one, although it does get better by the end. But uh, I apologize to the listeners and to Jessica for all the problems we had with this one. And, but we will have a bonus episode coming out on Wednesday with some surprise celebrity guests. They're not actually guests. We just talk about them. Anyway, uh, try to enjoy this if you can. Thanks. While the distance in existence join the resistance Come on, let's start by talking tactics have a pass and Here's how we practice. Hey everybody, welcome to Pop Culture Continuum. This is John Elliott. And this is Patrick Riccardi. And this week uh, we have returning our uh, stalker-like, Rupert Pupkin-like fan, Jessica Ballinger. Hi guys. Oh, I guess. No comment on the introduction because I didn't hear what you said. <laughs> oh, I called you our Rupert Pupkin like fan. Okay, I'll have to Google that one. In, in any <laughs> case, uh, I think this episode's going to be larded with uh, all kinds of technical issues because people are having trouble hearing each other. Um, I'm up at my mom's in the middle of goddamn nowhere, so I think the, the Wi Fi connection's all jacked. Um, so this should be fun. Did you mean to say Teddy Rockspin? A three-way conversation between two people. <laughs> I'm going to pretend that uh, Pat's cutting out. Just oh, okay. I just I just got the joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a joke is a bit of a stretch, but yes. Uh, but I I like that De Niro character. He was one of my favorites. Well, yeah, that's a. We should do that movie sometime because that's a. In a way, that movie's more disturbing than Taxi Driver. I feel like. I, I would think agree. that speaks more of your your fear of Jerry Lewis. And everybody's fear of Jerry Lewis. Um. Anyway, you want to? Well, Jessica, why don't you tell us what the what we're doing this week? Since you're our your honored guest. Well, I've been watching a lot of Sabrina the Teenage Witch, um, sort of passively, because that's what my daughter felt like watching on Hulu all summer. Um, so I actually started to notice that there were a lot of interesting cameos on the show, and that there were a lot of, um, I don't know, funny writers, and it, it seemed to, to have some quirkiness to it that I remember enjoying when I watched it originally. So Sabrina the Teenage Witch is up there. Strangely... Uh, Larry Blackman, not one of the cameos. Everybody can go Google that too while you're at it. Um, and the, and then Pat um, suggested um, in the in the witchy uh, atmosphere uh, once upon a time. So I think that that well, was an interesting combination because one is like a comedy and one is not a comedy. I would argue both are not a comedy, but uh, <laughs> I I, I knew you would. I'm well, I, would, he- I would think, John, I would think that you would say that one is a comedy and one isn't, but just the opposite of what Jessica said. Perhaps, but you you may be surprised. Um, and 
I'm glad to hear it was your daughter watching it. I, I, yeah, I just wonder, like, watching this Sabrina the Teenage Witch, were network executives still, like, just coked out of their minds at this point, 96? And also, was the general public coked out of their minds who kept the show on the oh. air for, like, five years? Wasn't it so on Nickelodeon or something? It was yeah, was it was no. Yes. Her, her okay. first show was Nickelodeon. Melissa Jones Hart, big like her big breakout hit was Nickelodeon, but this yeah. was yeah, this was never Marissa show. explains it all. And she did. Right. And that's why she had never got much work after that because she was already had explained it, it all. It was done. <laughs> they knew it. And from what I understand, a big uh, right wing person on Twitter now. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. Well, I guess teach their own. Maybe that's good thing but i don't think kinda, she's I don't, I don't think she's like the crazy wing of the republican party so i think she's all right yeah but the uh, the creator of the show so not the creator of the um archie comic book but the creator of the show and i'm not sure how to pronounce her name now scovell she was one of the first women to write a simpsons episode and she also co-wrote lean in with cheryl sandberg what wait Hence, what is lean we in might, we might <laughs> Hence, we might be having a feminist episode today, a little bit. I'm all for it, but what is Lean In? So, you know Sheryl Sandberg? I know the name. Uh, but from Facebook, Facebook. Fra- Facebook executive, the sister of, right, the creator or something? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Right, so, so she wrote a book um, uh, that came out recently about how women should lean in professionally to become millionaires like her. Yes, got but it. But <laughs> it supposed, it's sort of, you know, would, considered by some to have some feminist notions to it, but she um, co-wrote it with the uh, creator of the television show, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. So and consider- wait, who who is who is Cheryl Sandberg's brother? Did you say she was her brother or somebody? Isn't or yeah, Carl? who's the guy? Who isn't she the Greater sister fa- of Zuckerberg? I don't think oh, they're Zuckerberg. related. Think- no, they're not related, but she is an executive there. Then yes, yes, okay. And when you say some people consider it to have feminist notions, are you talking about uh, old white men? No, I'm just saying that th- that feminism, as was pointed out to me in summer school this this year, um, doesn't have the same meaning as it had when I grew up, which was equal w- pay for equal work. Apparently, feminism doesn't mean anything anymore. So, I don't, according to academics at this point, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. So some people said her message was good for women, and some people said her message was not realistic. So I'm just saying that's debatable, but um, it is interesting that uh, one of the few feminist books to come out in the mainstream was co-written by the creator of Sabrina the Teenage Witch television show. I didn't know. I didn't. I thought Sandberg did that all herself. Was it was a ghost co-written? That's really interesting. Yeah, I'd have to look more into that because I was also surprised that it was co-written. I hadn't expected that. Well, I don't know. It is she is just a, a corporate person, not a writer. Yeah, I but guess I she mean, didn't she, have time. she probably didn't have time, she so has, she delegated. She has a, a Harvard education, and everything. Anyway, the, the episode of The Simpsons she wrote is One Fish, Two Fish, Two Fish, Blowfish, Bluefish, which is a great episode. So she also had, she not only does she have feminist credentials, but she has comedic credentials Comedy. that are good. Yeah, and apparently yeah. she shot her wad on that Simpsons episode because it's not an evidence. In Sabrina the Teenage Weatch, but uh, didn't I, you I, love seeing Paul Feig? Is that how you pronounce it? Uh, yes, Paul Feig. I think <laughs> I is no how idea. you say it. 
be. But it was really funny to see him as not a acclaimed director. Yeah, no, it was, I I uh, looked at uh, Viv, my girlfriend. I was like, is that Paul Feig? Um, yeah, they had they do have some interesting comedic cameos, which we'll we'll talk about. I I just want to go back. Um, I think maybe we should do an episode on feminism because, uh, well, number one, I. I'm not really sure you should listen to academics for any kind of real-world applications of anything, but also... Right, you should only listen to me, John. Yes. Okay. And I also think feminism... I think the problem, like with a lot of women not uh, not wanting to associate with feminism, is that they, they associate it with something that it's not, because I think it still is just about equal rights. I mean, to me, that's... That's the basis of it, and that's what it still is. You had some people in the in the '90s who were fringe, like and, Andrea Dworkin and stuff, who tried to kind of hijack uh, the term and and make it make it more extreme. But I, I think it still should be about just equal rights, and and uh, and I'm I'm uh, rambling. <laughs> that's okay. You do it well. But yeah, we'll do a feminism episode at some point. I think that's a good idea. Compare past to present uh, ideas of feminism. But I still think the two episodes we're talking about today um, have a lot of strong, well-developed uh, women in main roles. And that, that, is, um, that adds to the dynamic of a show. And I think that makes it interesting to talk I, about. I noticed that, especially with Once Upon a Time, yes. Um, I'm not sure that... Uh, Having women portrayed Hilda and Zelda, come on! <laughs> having women portrayed as witches, I'm not sure how forward thinking that is. But w- yeah, well, maybe we should just get right into uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and you can tell us why you chose this particular episode. Was it just for, oh, that for me? Yeah. What? Yeah, sorry for you, Jessica. <laughs> um. Yeah, I just, I remember watching the episode and the first season is a lot better than, than subsequent seasons. Um, wow. And I think that... Wait, um, before you go on, let me ask you, how did your daughter find out about this show? Um, I think that it showed up on Hulu, like an advertisement, and I said, oh, that's a good show. <laughs> she okay. started watching it because she watches other stuff on Hulu and I think there was an ad for it and then she thought it would be fun to start watching it and so she sort of binge watched it for a few days and watched it after school every day and stuff and then um I just noticed as I was looking up from my school books as she was watching that um it just kept getting progressively worse as the seasons went on so um but the first season was still Did kind of fun and this episode I thought was fun after she watched the show <laughs> no she does try to talk to cats though well, that seems reasonable. Um, Salem, Salem, the talking cat, was probably the best uh, thing about that show. Well, I want to um, talk about Salem as well, but, but let's let's come clean, sister. You don't actually have a daughter, do you? Nope. <laughs> you know, anything with witches in it, I will watch it. That is very true. <laughs> I just love witches. <laughs> Witch stories. They're always fun. They're great. They usually end happily, too. Uh, well, you didn't. You didn't have to sit through the Paul Lynn Halloween special. Uh, your opinion on witches might change uh, had you watched that. But uh, Pat, yes. What What was your opinion? I, I was dumbfounded that this show 
was on a network. But what was your overall impression of uh, Sabrina? I, I just I thought of it as a typical kids sitcom, like Saved by the Bell or. I don't know what what they watch nowadays. Like Hannah Montana is a few years past, but it was it seemed similar to that kind of that kind of thing with kind of broad dumb comedy and some yeah, interesting but performances. Awesome that Jenny wins with the outsider party, and then that line: "I'd much rather be jaded than naive." That's not in a lot of children's sitcoms. It's true, but she she doesn't win with the outsider party because people are for the outsider party. Uh, let's be clear. She wins because Sabrina uses her magic magic to, to make her win. I, I, I just found it weird. Like you said, Pat, it's a, it's basically a kid's sitcom, but it's strange. Like in the nineties with this, this was 96, this started, but in the nineties, they started showing uh, kids or sitcoms for kids in prime time uh, for the first time that, I can remember, uh, which is weird because Nickelodeon was a going concern at that point, and and uh, I remember thinking at the time, why am I why am I forced to watch this shit uh, as an adult in in the late hours of the evening when kids have their own goddamn channel now? But maybe that was just my bitterness. I do the one thing I do recall uh, I do like about Sabrina Teen- Teenage Witch is the theme song which we all know uh, it's a rare condition in this day and age to read any good news on the newspaper page love and tradition of a grand design some people say is even harder to find but I digress can you guys still hear me I heard three words um, of that I think yeah that you that whole that whole, I guess I'd say you just went through a diatribe, but I didn't hear any of it. So I, I, I would say maybe I'm happy. It's, you probably are. Uh, well, let's let's have you guys talk then, because obviously my shit is uh, all fucked up. Well, don't you like um, Drell, the head of the Witches' Council? Penn Gillette as Drell. Viv turned to me when he was on, and she said, uh, I think he should give Paula Poundstone her suit back. <laughs> and her hairstyle and her hairstyle no doubt um when i first heard him on the phone i was convinced it was the uh, the guy from curb your enthusiasm the the friend what's his name oh jeff garland me too yeah so his, it, i was like this is really gonna be cool this guest star and then it was it was Penn, and there's no i don't have any problem with him i just wasn't as excited because i had gotten my hopes up for jeff garland I uh, I overall like Pendulette, not a fan of his uh, libertarian leanings, but uh, he he played Pendulette, and he did it fine. He seems like a nice guy. He does seem like from from everything I hear, you know, they do their show at the Rio or wherever in Vegas, and they hang out afterwards and say hello to everybody who stops by and talk to him. Yeah, I think they're I think they're nice. I'm definitely a fan. Regardless of the politics. I yeah, guess. no, I'm I'm always a fan of uh, of people who try to promote reason and critical thinking. And science. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that something we learned from this show and Once Upon a Time is the magic has consequences. Oh, was that a theme of this episode? I didn't catch that. That was one of the themes, I think, is that um, terrible things, that's the name of the episode, terrible things can happen oh, when you use I only, I only understood that theme when they made the reverb higher. 
Yeah, I only understood it when they uh, when they hammered it over my head thirty thousand times during the episode. <laughs> and yet, uh, it it was a shame because. So well, why don't Jessica? Why don't you give a brief recap of the plot of the episode before I go into it? So I think Salem, um, he accused Sabrina of being kind of not doing anything good for anybody else because he had to go do some sort of community service work as part of his punishment. Um, And so she said, I'll prove it to you. I can do good things. So she goes out to help her friends. And before she does that, her aunts both warn her that if you do good things with magic, there will be consequences and terrible things will happen. And so she lets her best friend Jenny win the school election She has her boyfriend Harvey uh, start as a running back on the game that week. And she has Mr. Poole, her science teacher, um, get the formula to turn lead into gold so he can become a millionaire and just teach, not for the money, but for fun. May I interrupt? Wait, the Harvey was, is Sabrina's boyfriend? Yeah, not yet, but later on, that's her boyfriend, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, because he seemed to be all over that cheerleader. Yes. Sorry, because <laughs> he seems what? To be all over that cheerleader in this episode, but... Yeah, Libby's always trying to get in on the action, but his heart belongs to um, Sabrina. Libby, a very popular now, this, name in the I 90s. Think, I... Sorry, Pat, go ahead. The The science teacher got the ability to turn lead into gold, but and then at the end of the episode, that power is taken away from him, and he's sad. If he weren't such an idiot and didn't spend all his money, he would have been fine, because it wasn't like she took all the money away from him. He just took She just took the knowledge away from him. So really, that just goes to show that uh, science teachers are stupid. Uh, yeah, there, there's some <laughs> major plot holes with that. I mean, she could have just magically had him win the lottery or get an inheritance or something, and he still would have been fine, but... She had to. Uh, she had to go against to the immutable laws me. of physics. Yeah. Or she could have just well, done a little spell funny. and make him happy with what he had. Go ahead. Yeah, true, but but that's too zen of a of a uh, solution, I think. For yeah, he could have just. Show. She could, Yeah, she could have done that to everybody watching too, and then they would have not wanted to buy anything during the commercials, which was the whole point of the show, probably. So. Yeah. It's uh, there's always a bottom line, Pat. <laughs> I thought I read a newspaper article last week that high school science teachers make six figures here in San Diego. So I was kind of thought it was funny that storyline of poor high school science teachers. They make, high school t- science teachers make six figures in San Diego. Is that in pesos? Appar- apparently, according to a newspaper article last week, that there are quite a few who make above hundred thousand a year. So. I think that's one of those shock newspaper headlines, and they they found like two guys, and they're making six figures gambling in Vegas on, during the summer. I find that really maybe. hard to believe. But I think maybe it's true. Who knows? If I'm not mistaken, which I probably am, and Jessica can correct me, uh, San Diego uh, is it San Diego County? Yeah. Uh, is is a conservative county, so maybe they're just trying to uh, smear the teachers who are trying to get equal. Or higher pay. Uh, no, it was a report. It was like a transparency report that came out that they were reporting on. And then they just reported some of the figures from it. But you could read the report online. Well, I, yeah, it's not. I don't know. But it was in, indeed probably with a political reason because elections are coming up soon. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say just... they, they do the same thing up here with like bus drivers and stuff, you know. Um, 
these bus drivers are making six figures, but it's like, you know, two of them out of a million who work like 90 hours overtime a week and they've been on the job for 50 years or whatever. Yeah, no, it did. It did say why. But anyway, it was just funny that I read that last week. And then I saw that episode. I thought, okay. Plus, I know a lot of teachers nearby (laughs) who were able to buy real estate in San Diego. And just looking at the prices lately, I'm like, how does anybody buy a house here? But that's another story. (laughs) Well, Paul Feig was was pretty down on his luck. He's washing the principal's car for uh, extra money. $2 less. Exactly. Two dollars less than what? Ten dollars? I I I can't even imagine what the dude's paying to have his car washed. Um, Fifty cents. But he he can't have you know, he can't have a can't afford a new briefcase. Um, apparently has never heard of a Manila envelope. Well, most of the adults are kind of dumb in the show. Well, it is for kids. I that I think that's a theme in all kids stuff. If the adults are even present at all, they're usually kind of stupid. They're either stupid or evil. So authority figures are usually pretty evil. Like the principal seemed pretty evil to me. Maybe it's just that episode. Oh yeah, he seemed like a scumbag. It was that it's that the dude who plays a principal too is like one of those guys who you recognize when you see him but you don't know what from what. Like he's been in a million sitcoms or yeah, I I think the only thing I know him from is Everybody Loves Raymond. But you're probably right. He's probably been in a million other things, too. I uh, I wonder how much Paul Feig took from his experience on this show and, and used it to... to because this is, this is such the essence of the high school experience and how he used it to create Freaks, Freaks and Geeks. Yeah, I'm sure he just... Uh, everything he got from Sabrina the Teenage Witch, he uh, did a 180 on to make something good. But didn't you think any that some of the dialogue is still pretty funny on this? Sometimes it seems like some of the writers are trying to get some things through that aren't really allowed. Pat, I I didn't I, I don't remember that, but I, I I don't I didn't dislike it as much as John, so I I'm not going to say you're a liar. Like what? Well, I don't have an example. I think it's for watching it like repetitively. There were like a lot of lines that Salem has through the series, so maybe John should talk about Salem now. Um, oh, I just wanted to, to say, be like, Salem is Martin Mull. Am I right? No, no, Takai. no. Nick Who? Pekai. George Takai? Yes, it was George <laughs> no. Takai. <laughs> Imagine that would have been hilarious if he played him. <laughs> Sabrina. Uh, Oh, that was more Tony Danza. Um, well, I thought. Wait, what's the cat's name? Sorry, Salem. Salem. His real name? Yeah, his real oh, name. Okay. Nick Bakai. Salem creeped me out. Um, it was some weird animatronic cat that then they would then I assume switch out with a real cat when he had to run off or do something. Um, but it's it's. Like that uncanny valley territory, that cat, um, and it, it was kind of nightmare fuel. I thought, and I, I thought maybe they had better special effects at that point, but probably not for a kids sitcom. Uh, that was the main, my main takeaway from Salem. That no matter how wise he was or what he was saying, his face just freaked me out. And uh, that was my takeaway from Sabrina the Teenage, Teenage Witch: Never trust talking cats. <laughs> 
<laughs> the only part I heard. <laughs> Something interesting is that Frank Conniff wrote some episodes of Sabrina the Teenage Witch, the guy from Mystery Science Theater 3000, which is kind of neat. For people who are just tuning in, uh, they're not hearing half of the stuff I say. Um, just so you get why this episode is going to be so disjointed. And somebody just hung up. Uh, hold on a second. We'll be right back. We're back. Uh, maybe technical difficulties are fixed. Probably not. Yeah, probably not, but we can try. We will try. Anyway, the we cat... We have a lot more to say about this? No, the cat I'm freaked trying, me I'm out. Try... Yeah. Jessica, I think, Wait, just hung uh... up again. I'm oh. here. Oh, you're there. Something weird happened. I got a little... Okay. A little message, yeah. Uh, I don't remember anything else about the episode. So, those... Are, Give me what's going on in the show that I don't, not that I didn't understand, but are those two women her, her mother and her aunt? Her aunts. Like who? They're, they're both her aunts. Her mom is studying somewhere in Peru or something, and her dad lives in a book. In a book? In a magic book. Okay. I guess they did mention that because I remember that now during the episode. I didn't understand it. But okay. It's actually, if you watch many episodes like I have, it, it's quite, I still think it's pretty charming and funny sometimes. And um, I do like the idea of of her dad living in a book. I mean, that's a better, that's a much better story than he went out for cigarettes and never came back. Uh, I remember my, my childhood dog went to live in a book after a while. In any case, maybe it's more nostalgia. could be nostalgia for teenage uh, innocence. Who knows? Now, is this your daughter watching it is the first time you ever watched the show? No, I watched it when it was first out. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. So, but, but that's because I, I like witch stuff. So probably, I probably was too old for the demographic when I watched it, but I definitely enjoyed it when it was um, when it first came out. And when this was on, there really like now that every other show has a witch on it, but really there wasn't any other supernatural shows on TV then, was there? Not many. The Price is Right. No, not many. What what's your deal with witches? What what is the appeal to you of witches? Uh, I'm probably I think I'm a witch. So no, just kidding. <laughs> Coming out right here, uh, right now, telling you that. Uh, I don't know. Right here, right now. <laughs> I started watching reading books about. I think it's because the only. Pat. Motherfucker, I can't hear anything. About ten or eleven, so oh, that got me into supernatural. Right? And then you got wait. You guys just totally out. cut out on my end. I just want you to know. <laughs> so I don't know if any of that. <laughs> Do you came. hear me, Pat? I heard the whole thing. Jessica read Edgar Allan Poe, and that got her into witches. That sums it up. I skipped some some over. You glossed over a bit. Well, th- this is. This is an episode that will go down in history, I imagine, uh, as as our most downloaded. <laughs> Jesus Christ! You know, magic has consequences, John. Apparently, it has a uh, it has Skype connection consequences. Maybe the man doesn't want us talking about Sabrina the Teenage Witch. By the man, the man being, the man being Pendulette. <laughs> 
What what team did he make frequent appearances on the show, or was it just occasional? He comes back. Yeah, he yeah. he stays on in his role, um, and he comes on a few times. Are there any other interesting guest stars that have? That, oh, Raquel Welch was on. Wow. Any any other interesting guest did stars? Did she swing her arms when she walked? Did she what? Swing her arms when she walked. It's not really worth repeating. <laughs> that was a really funny episode. I really enjoyed it. She came and tried to lure Sabrina away from her aunts by living in her sort of this like decadent world where every single door has sort of the seven deadly sins, but in a really good way. So like she has a door that she opens where people just say, I love you. You're wonderful. And then she has a, you know, like a sexy man door where these men come out dancing and she has a door where she can be a rock star. And <laughs> so she tries to get Sabrina to leave home and come and live with her and just do whatever she wants and be sort of um, vain and enjoy sensual delights all the time. And she was successful? No, she didn't. She got, she missed her friends. She wanted to go. Her friend Jenny was crying and she had to go to the movies with her on a Saturday night. So she left it all so that she could be with Jenny. What a sentimental fool. <laughs> she could have been with Raquel Welch and the cute guy. Damn. Yeah, I've got one of the, you know, I've got one of those sexy man doors where the men come out dancing. It's called my butthole. All right, should we? Take what did a- you say, John? <laughs> should we take a break? I actually heard that one. I just wanted to ha- have you repeat. I it. know you did. Um, shall we take a break? <laughs> Let's and- take a break. All right, and then we'll come back. Yeah, we'll try to we'll try to soothe our battered psyches um, from what this episode's done to us so far, and uh, we'll be back with Once Upon a Time. We had a comrade, a brave comrade. He could talk for whole days, but then he tried to be a hero. Tried talking about Shamiro to computers wearing earphones. He almost died for conversation, hallucinations, good vibrations. Van Dyke Park's great racing, steeple chasing, the Reformation, transubstantiation, Brian Stoker's creation, the land of the Thracians, and right back to the stars. We're back, and uh, I'm going to try not to talk too much because we're having all kinds of issues with this episode, but we're putting it out, nevertheless. You'll all love it better than most episodes. So, to compare to Sabrina the Teenage Witch, we're talking about episode 15 of the first season of Once Upon a Time. It's called Red Handed, and basically it gives the story of uh, once upon time, what's a once upon a time's little red white riding hood who, uh, well, I don't want to give too much away, but she's the star of the story. Well, can I ask a question? Because it was, I was a little uh, uncertain of what was going on in some ways. So th- these characters, it shows them living in uh, fairy tale times and then in the present. Right. So, so are they reincarnated or are they, have they lived forever and they've just forgotten who they are? Because there's some... Uh, well, there's per- a curse that makes them forget who they are, and that's how they end up in that town. Someone, uh, uh, I don't know what it called, to, 
Jessica knows better what it, what, it, what how you say it to throw a curse, since she's a witch. But they <laughs> they did the curse. She did the curse and made it so everyone forgot, and they ended up in this this town in Maine in our world, and they just forget that they are fairy tale characters. Okay, so were and they, they also can't leave the town because if they leave, something terrible will happen to them. So they're kind of stuck in time and in a place right. without knowing. And and also stuck separated, sort of from people they loved. So they they were uh, they got unhinged from time and transported to another time. It's not that they're immortal and they've been living since these fairy tale times. Right. Yeah. There's a different universe where the fairy tale existed, and they they went through a portal basically to get here. And they but there is some kind of thing where they have they they haven't aged. Okay. The only person that sort of was able to cross is, is one of the main characters, Emma. But then that gets, gets explained in the story. Um, but, but they're not really in our time or place because they, are, they can sort of read about Boston, but they can't go there. Right. And yeah. nobody from Boston can come to their town. Because it's... It, well... Some people, the, it's hard. That that part's hard to understand because in, in one episode, someone from the real world. All right, I don't know how much of the last portion even came through on my end. This is going to be fun having to listen to this entire goddamn episode to find where to cut it. Um, well, does your mom have any trouble with her computer? Probably not. Maybe she has a secret. Yeah, maybe she's you know just like uh, growing up with me. She's just uh, trying to deny me. In every way she can. <laughs> it all comes out now. Hi, Mom. She does not listen. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, before, uh, while you can still hear me, I wanted to say that I was pleasantly surprised by this episode and I enjoyed it. And uh, now I'll let you guys talk. Oh, I'm glad. I, I wasn't sure what to expect, but I, I, I do think of the first season, this is... For one, it's an easy episode for someone who hasn't watched the show to watch because there's not a lot. There's some, but there's not a lot of the continuing story in it. But also, I think it's a, an especially good episode of the first season. What do you, now that you've seen the first season, Jessica, what do you think of that opinion? Yeah, I definitely agree. I, and I love, I love the hair and makeup on this show. I love the setting. I love you know the way it looks, and it's like it's it feels like it's marketed to women for sure, even though it's written by men. Um, but I definitely well, like the whole atmosphere. Was, this particular episode was written by Jean Espenson, who I think, I don't know how to pronounce her last name, but she was a big part of, of the Josh Whedon shows. Okay. So yeah, off, that's, off the, you, you, there's a lot of, um, it's, it's a really slutty red riding hood though. <laughs> I, the one thing I noticed yes. about this show is you've got a lot of slutty fairies and slutty, you know, like slutty Halloween costumes. That's sort of, the people who aren't moms in the show, they definitely have some kind of, uh, <laughs> you know, slutty sci-fi look going on sometimes, which is fine. Um, so the yeah, aesthetic is kind of like that. Red Riding Hood usually shows her midriff in most of the outfits she wears, and they're definitely always tight. That sounds My yeah, Although, Did you notice? she changed her look from the beginning of this episode. And then the very last scene in this episode, it's like she went through a transformation. No, I didn't notice that. What was, what was she wearing in the last scene? 
So she's wearing like a flannel shirt and jeans. This is sort of after she came into her power, after she learned like in real, the real world, what she could do. And her hair was brown and uh -huh. like the, um, it was different. It wasn't, didn't have extensions or the red. She just looked, she didn't have any makeup on and she, yeah, she changed from the beginning to the end. I think that's but from hanging out the with The change, I, you know, sorry, I started taking notes during this episode. Yeah, probably. But they were talking about wearing the red cloak. Uh, during this episode and I thought that was a funny like kind of mm -hmm. a euphemism for getting your period because she would turn into oh I can't give away spoilers <laughs> you can I don't think this show was once for such a long time ago it, people care they'll go watch it go ahead it turns oh, out the red wedding is yeah go ahead tell the story actually first so this the, the the fairy tale story is Red Riding Hood is living in a house with her granny and there's a wolf attacking the the town and there's there's some back and forth with it and they they throw some curves at you where you, you might think it's granny you might think it's the boyfriend but it turns out that Red Riding Hood is the is the wolf and mo more dark than most shows not only is she the wolf but she tears her her boyfriend apart leaving just a foot yeah, I let, you could really see the detail on that scene. Yeah. It's pretty gross. <laughs> I'm scared to talk, but uh, I, I do like that uh, the heroes seem to be all women. And the guys seem to be all uh, various levels of kind of creepy dudes. I, that was my impression just from this one episode. But Oh, yeah. Prince Charming is the worst. He is just the worst yeah. male character in the whole show. Even Rumpelstiltskin is more likable than him. No, I like my favorite man in the show is is Robert Carlyle's character, who was not in this yeah. episode, I think. No, he wasn't in it at all. Which is that was the only bad thing about choosing this episode because I think Robert Carlyle, his acting is is probably the best the best acting in the show. He's really good in the show, and I I I like a lot of the acting in the show. I think they do a good job with with nighttime soap opera, fairy tale stuff. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, I, I, guys are pretty creepy in this show. But, uh, yeah. Jessica, you were saying that it, the, uh, the red cloak was some kind of a, uh, menstruation. Well, I, metaphor. No, I just thought it was funny. Yeah. That she kept talking about that she was wearing the red cloak and that the granny had given her this red cloak to keep her from turning into a wolf. And it started when she was 13 and it happened once a month. And she, so I just thought it was a funny new euphemism that you could use. Yeah, that's a good point. That women I didn't, could I didn't use. put that together. <laughs> Once a month, she turns into a wolf and tears men apart. And she's wearing no. the red cloak at that time. So If she's wearing the red cloak, she's nice to men. <laughs> well, she, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> anyway, it was just, I thought it was just a funny choice of, of story. Um, I also thought I loved Granny's lines in this episode. She's like, she says you, to Little Red Riding Hood, she says you dress like a drag queen during Fleet Week. And, <laughs> and then um, <laughs> when Red Riding Hood answers, I should be out there having adventures with lemurs. I That's really exactly like that what I was going to say. I love that line. <laughs> but the, that brings up an interesting point about the the me metaphysics of the show. How does Granny even know about Fleet Week? They really, that, that's, that spell really... Filled her, filled her with lots of information. <laughs> oh, I know I think, they throw in they throw in a bunch of like psychobabble stuff too sometimes, which is so modern times. 
that it's like the whole show is just a euphemism for, you know, getting over your childhood problems and, you know, therapy and dealing with your family and all that kind of stuff. So I refuse to say granny. So I'll call her the grandmother. Uh, and she's, she's been around the block, Pat, take a look at her. Fleet week is holds no mystery for her amnesia or no. Well, John, you just said granny. Damn it. Hoist by my own petard. Uh, that's a that's a ballet term for our listeners. I love when she says, I'll sleep with the trolls in the afterlife. And she said that in the story tale time, in the fairy tale time <laughs> period. We all sleep with the trolls on the internet. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Nothing I'm saying means anything. Uh, I should mention that I'm uh, kind of high right now. Oh, I forgot about that. On prescription high on drugs. Life. Shoot. High on life and to... uh, and pharmaceuticals. Yeah, a little bit of column B and uh, mostly column A. So Snow White is also in this episode um, quite a bit, and she's in the in the Storybrook town. She's called Miss Blanchard. Blanchard meaning white. So there are little clues. Yes. It's... Yeah, I think all all their characters have little clues. Like, uh, uh, what's his name? Frankenstein or Doctor Frankenstein? His real world name is uh, Doctor Whale, and I guess the guy who wrote Frankenstein's whale, right, or something like. No, the guy who directed Frankenstein is a whale. Yep. <laughs> Didn't you know it was directed by a whale? It was. It's. It was the only movie ever directed by a whale. And probably the most successful, but that just goes without saying. Uh, I don't know. The underground whale movie scene is pretty happening. Yeah, yeah well, I, that's true. That's that's grown a lot since Frankenstein came out because Frankenstein came out in like 1930 something. So since then, the underground because they kind of got pushed out of Hollywood during the the Red Scare. The Red Scare pushed all the whales out and made the uh, other sea creatures more popular. So, Pat, you know how I do hate to correct you. Um, <laughs> But I, I, I think you're wrong because I think the most acclaimed movie directed by a whale was Touch of Evil. In any case, I don't care how much drugs you're you're taking. You should not insult Orson Welles because if he comes back, you won't like it. He'll sit on you. Exactly. Oh, was Orson Welles directed that? I'm sorry. I thought it was Karen Carpenter. That's why I was making the joke. Ah. <laughs> Even funnier. This is my least favorite episode. Uh, no, <laughs> this has no bearing on Jessica or Pat. Uh, it's just least favorite episode of what? Our podcast? Oh no, uh, no, this podcast is actually my least favorite episode of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Okay, good. I was just making sure. Uh, Once upon a time, I think it. I, I know that the guys who created it were from Lost. I, well, I don't know that. I'm pretty sure about that. But I think it's pretty neat that they they came up with this idea where they can use so much of like Disney stuff to put a show together, which makes it kind of fun for people who like Disney. But it, it probably is pretty interesting for the writers on the show that they have this huge universe to choo- pick and choose from. I will uh, yeah. once again Go ahead. <laughs> very, very sadly correct you, Pat, but... Uh, most of these fairy tales predate Disney. Right, but they also 
use Disney specific stuff. So it's kind of a little of both and they're not popularized, but most popular in the Disney format. If you talk about Snow White, you're, most people think of the Disney movie. That's true. And the, and like the dude who plays Donald Duck, I guess they took directly from Disney. Right. Yeah. But they, have, unfortunately, since it's on eight o'clock Sunday nights, they made him wear pants. Yeah. Very unfortunate. Even though, uh, when he's playing Donald Duck, uh, no genitals. Strangely, though, I'm wrong. Uh, genitals right on his forehead. So it's weird that they made him wear pants. I know, but I don't question ABC. No, why would oh, you? So both both shows we talk about tonight were on ABC, which is kind of funny since ABC is a family channel, and they're the, they're the channel doing all this witch stuff. So you figured it out. I think we know who's running ABC. Jessica. <laughs> I really um, like how they kind of take old fairy tales and turn them on their head, like making yeah. Little Red Riding Hood actually be the wolf and uh, changing the stories around in unpredictable ways. So you'll start watching. You're like, okay, I recognize this. I see where this is going. And then they do something, do a twist. And then also the storylines fit really intricately into, into each other. So throughout the series, you get little clues, but then maybe in a later episode, you'll see where that clue led to. And, and, and that's really rewarding when you're watching a show. I think it's really enjoyable. I agree. Yeah. I think, uh, I, the Snow White character is in, as a character that did the, they did a good twist on, where in, in fact the the Snow White character from the fairy tale version is a badass and awesome, and in the real world she kind of is boring. Yeah, I like uh, I like the actress who plays Snow White. Uh, was Jennifer Goodwin is that her name? Mm-hmm. Whose face is very similar to the uh, the one from House who plays the sheriff. Really, I, I don't. Yeah, think they look they look really similar to me. Um, uh, their features, but yeah, I really like Jennifer Goodwin. Uh, Spoiler alert: Snow White is the sheriff's mother. Well, he just <laughs> blew my mind, dude. <laughs> and and I previously knew the actress who played the sheriff because she was one of Ted Mosby's girlfriends on How I Met Your Mother. Let us not was speak of that show. Was she the girlfriend who listened to a lot of Bell and Sebastian? No, I think she was the girlfriend who led like a protest um, rally to tear oh, down a building that he was um, that he was building or something. Yeah, I, she, she had a she long the, she had a long run on the show. It wasn't just one episode. There was I don't know who played the actress who listened to a lot of Bell and Sebastian, but I just like the fact that Bell and Sebastian was mentioned on that show, even though I don't really like the show that much. I knew but I will be watching. From- there's uh, something about, or, or wait, what's the new show they're making that's basically that show, but How I Met Your Father. How I Met Your Father, yeah. yeah. I will be watching that every week. Well, just the first week, because we're watching all the new shows. I'm sorry, John. Go oh, I was just going to say, I knew her from House. Um, of course, I'm right. talking about the Japanese horror movie from 1977 that we did an episode of. And Yeah, and she wasn't even uh, born yet, but some, somehow she was in it. Because she, it was a horror movie. She, was, she played the evil cat. Well, she... Obviously, oh, I had an evil cat too, didn't? Yeah, that's yeah. funny. She obviously has powers. If you've been watching Once Upon a Time, uh, I think you know that, Pat, as the super fan you claim to be. But whatever. Jennifer Goodwin was on uh, the Terrible Big Love. Previous she to was. This. Yeah. Oh, I I'd never seen her in anything but this, so I just think of her as Snow White. 
You should, because I, well, personally, I, I thought Big Love was kind of, uh, as I previously said, not 30 seconds ago, terrible. I, I saw her in the Girl Buddy movie. Um, he's just not that into you. That was a movie? I, I, I remember, oh, wait, I have seen her in something else. She was in Spider-Man 3. I really don't remember that. But that's for the best, because Spider-Man 3 was a terrible movie. I don't care what you say, John. This is the eternal argument. Let's not rehash it here. Um, Spider-Man Three was in in oh, my opinion. She wasn't opinion, even in it. Never mind. She wasn't even in it. Nevertheless, but go ahead, give your opinion, which I'm never interested in. When you're talking Spider-Man franchise, all right, turn off the dark. Number one, clearly. Uh, Spider-Man Three, number two. The Spider-Man you on the lie. Le- You've never seen Turn Off the Dark. Spider-Man in the Electric Company, played by Morgan That's Freeman, number. number three. Right. I, th- I think Jessica's writing a nasty uh, letter to uh, us. Jessica, uh, are you are you typing with uh, chopsticks or something? That's really loud. Oh, I'm really sorry. She's looking up. Uh, okay. She's just writing to a, a an opposing <laughs> podcast about how terrible we are. One star. I was just lo- logging into my computer, so it didn't go into sleep mode and like cut me off or something. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's not a problem. It's just funny. Um, uh, well, at least our technical problems are so fixed that we can hear tiny pin drops in San Diego. So I think we think I think we've solved that problem. I, I yeah I I'm really sorry about all the technical issues. It made it very difficult to uh, to get on any kind of a flow in the conversation. So. Uh, I'm sorry to our I think listeners, but uh, on the we can hand, still talk about love. Love being the most powerful magic. Let's not. Uh, so true love. Part of Once upon a time, I think that's a very sweet part of Once Upon a Time that true love is is the most powerful magic. They will. You will know that after hearing it every single episode. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That, the one thing that really bothered me. Show. No, no, but they also have, they also say love is weakness and love is, you know, they have also the alternative point of view as well as given by the evil queen. And the the woman who plays the evil queen, whose name I obviously don't know, is awesome. She is so good in this show. Yeah, she's a really well-rounded character. I mean, a lot of the, the thing is that even the bad guys, you kind of sympathize with the bad guys, you can criticize the good guys it's um the characters are pretty well-rounded there's a like maybe one or two characters through the through the course of the show that are irredeemable but mostly they're they're well-rounded and and fun to watch and i don't think yeah and you get their backstory you get their the only thing that kind of was weird to me or that um surprised me was that in the beginning you don't see any magic happening in the present day you just see that everybody's there living under a different identity and you kind of have a hint that maybe the evil queen knows about the curse and maybe she doesn't and just the little boy Mm -hmm. henry knows about the curse um and at one in one episode um she actually you know performs magic and kills the huntsman Oh man, that um, was a tough episode. I thought that was really yeah, awesome. but it actually I did not expect it, it. No, but it bothered me because it's like, well, wait a minute. Um, they have magic now in the real world because until then they didn't, and it was sort of it kind of 
it, it bothered me a little bit. Like just, I'm like, okay, you guys were perfect until you did this thing, which didn't make any sense at all. I thought it somebody... worked because only, only she has magic. So I thought that. Kind well, of... yeah. Then they were stating that. Yeah. But. Yeah. It, oh, okay. It when confusing. the first half, I see what you're saying. Yeah. And that's all who along. Died is nobody now... has any. The, huh? the guy who, who died in that episode is now going to be in 50 shades of gray. So I think he was probably better off dead. True. Fourth best John? Spider-Man, Spider-Man versus Godzilla. <laughs> That's not a real thing. And I don't what do you like think you about saying that it's a real thing. Donald Glover playing Black Spider-Man. Why does it, <laughs> wait, why, also is they not don't a real call thing. him Black Spider-Man. Like the name <laughs> of the movie is not Black Spider-Man. It's not a movie either, but still. <laughs> it's I think a TV it's show. Awesome. Yeah. I think it's, yeah. And he has a black Spider-Man out. It's, it's, I saw the clip. It wasn't the same color as the other Spider-Man. <laughs> That's weird that they did that. Because in, in the comic books, it's just Miles Morales is, is Spider-Man wearing the red outfit. But they gave him a special black outfit to make sure you knew that it's black Spider-Man. Oh, so maybe it is actually called black Spider-Man. Maybe. Maybe they have all kinds of 70s stereotypes about him, too. <laughs> You dig? You dig? I'm hip to your jive. He is. He's pimping. Fifth so Spider Man. Now, now that you guys have taken us off topic, is Community on Yahoo going to include Donald Glover? No. That he's, sucks. He's done. I think. I'm. I'm. Well, I mean, I'm speaking uh, completely out of my ass, but I. I don't think so. I think I thought he just kind of bid adieu to Community to focus on his other when stuff. You, when you speak out of your ass, does that mean it's dancing men who are speaking? It depends. Uh, depends on, on what I've eaten. Um, if the dancing men are sleeping. If they're, if they're feeling particularly effusive or not. A, a, a myriad of factors. That's a, two big words. But I don't know. I have any idea what they mean, but I, I'm impressed. Factor? Is that like a different kind of actor? Oh, a porn actor. I got gotcha. you. Wink, wink. The uh, the sixth best Spider-Man. Wait, has anybody listened to uh, Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark soundtrack? No, I have not. Do you mean in the world? Because I would say no to that as well. Yeah, I would. I meant in the world. Yeah, no. I yeah, no. Probably not. Because well, Bono, Bono wrote and performed it, and even he couldn't listen to it. Right. And plus, the Spider-Man uh, just kept dying over and over every time they tried to stage that play. So, just like real life, they never got. To, yeah, just like real life. Um, but, but have you guys? Did you guys get your free U uh, two album? It's it's the it's the highly anticipated sequel to Spider-Man: Turn Off the Dark. Was it Spider-Man? Please turn on the light. No, they, you'd think they'd uh, try to give it a thematic title, but you know those Irish. Um, no. Did you wait? Did you get it though? I did get it. I haven't listened to it yet. I, I listened to Scott and Scott talk about it, but I haven't listened to it myself. And then going by them, it's awesome. Going by you, it's the worst thing ever done. So I don't know who to believe. I don't know that I would say the worst thing ever done. I would say uh, for fans of Sting, modern day, you'd probably like it. I you didn't say that. You'd say fans of Coldplay. True. Coldplay, but Sting, that, same thing. I don't think that's the same thing because they're they're not talking about the all night sex sessions, and I assume that's all what his all of his songs are about. I don't willingly listen to any of those three. 
musical genres. I guess we're going to have to force you to. Wait, those artists are all big enough to be their own genres? <laughs> I just didn't, couldn't think of a word to categorize what they are. Artists? Well, I guess that's too highfalutin. In any case. Wait, was that a train? Even even when you visit your mom, there's a train in the background? It wasn't on my end. Oh. I think Jessica oh, was typing been, something again. That must have been here. In my head. The, yeah, I, I liked uh, I liked Once Upon a Tom Time much better than I thought I would, uh, and I might even consider watching the the series. Although I can see how it would get um, maybe a little cloying, especially with all this love is the greatest magic thing. If that's a big theme, yeah, and I don't think you if you watch the series, I would make sure you watch one episode like every two weeks or something because there's a lots of stuff that if you watch it right don't binge it is what i'm trying to say for you john because i don't think you'd watch it you'd enjoy it in that fashion i like the show a lot i just i wouldn't recommend it to you watching it that way and it's also funny they say love is love is the most powerful magic but they actually at the same time in the story they contradict that so the, the show is full of paradoxes and contradictions and things that um you know they yeah, that happens a lot. So it's not like they're trying to be straightforward and schmaltzy about it. Although, of course, there are they happy are. endings. <laughs> and they sometimes they are pretty schmaltzy, but it works anyway. All right. Um, should we wrap it up? I'm, I'm, uh, I'm all befuzzled now from from this episode. There's too much. Do you do you have more you want to talk about, Jessica? Are we going to do recommendations? Yeah, of course. Yes, yes. But do, do, I mean, <laughs> no, I, not about start. this show. No, not about this show. All right. And let's do recommendations. Jessica, you may go. Like so, you're, you're super eager. I'm, I'm really eager because I discovered Quick Draw, a Hulu original. Have you guys seen this show at all? No. And I haven't even heard of so, it. So, yeah, I hadn't heard of it either. And I had sort of seen on Hulu some advertisements for it. And it's like a Western comedy. Oh, my gosh. Does it have the guy? Like, oh, it has that awesome guy. John the guy from, uh, He is so funny. And that's that's the one Hulu show that I wanted to have Hulu Plus for. Because he was in a show called Ten Items or Less, which is a terrible yes, show. But he carried yeah, it. Guy. He is so funny. Go ahead. So, it is. So, he's the main character. And it's a... Um, so it's it's very low budget, and they're low budget to the point of like doing it on doing stuff on purpose to show you it's low budget, which is funny. And they um, he's a coroner trained. Well, he's like he invests. He's a doctor, I think, trained at Harvard, and he goes to this small town, and he becomes the sheriff. And so he's the main character, along with the undertaker and uh, the harlot that runs the saloon. And who is in real life, I think, a burlesque actress uh, slash stripper or something. But all the dialogue I found out through Facebook is um, improvised. So I started watching yeah, like it and I thought, this is, I thought, this is awesome. The dialogue is really funny. And I like posted on their wall. And then Nancy Hauer, who also created the show, she's like, no, this is all, it's all improvised every time. She replied to you? Yeah. They, they don't even That's have a neat. Facebook page. 
they don't even have a That's Facebook, really but they just have their own personal pages. And she was on a Star Trek series previously. Um, I don't remember which one, but um, so yeah, they do the show and it's hilarious. And it's sort of a mixture of CSI um, with Western with, I, I don't know, it's just funny. It's really funny. And, and it's worth checking out. Quick so. Draw McGraw. Quick Draw. Oh, just yeah. Quick Draw. But if you look for Quick Draw McGraw and take out McGraw, you'll find it. Quick Draw Hulu Plus. Yes, type in, type. <laughs> type in Quick Draw McGraw and then Backspace. And then Backspace. Over. Yeah, McGraw. Right, and then replace it with type Hulu, Hulu Plus. Plus. Yeah, and you'll find it. It's the easiest way. Or, just, or, or another way is to type in Quick Draw McGraw Hulu Plus, hit enter. And then go through everything that has Quick Draw McGraw in it and delete it, and then just look at the one on Hulu Plus. That yeah, might be the easiest way. D- delete the delete it from the internet. Pat means delete right. the sites. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Use your hacking powers and. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That might be the easiest way. Probably. That's exactly what I did. That's exactly how I found it. Yeah, but you cheated with awesome. your your witch powers. Which, which well, powers? it's not cheating if it's witch powers. Yeah, that's that's what I told anyway. my ex-wife. <laughs> All right, Pat. What what you want me to say? What I told your ex-wife? Please it's don't. Deeply personal. Okay. Can I can I make another recommendation, or are you are you waning? No, on you, us, I, John? no I, I'm doing okay now. Now that I can hear you all, I'm just feeling really bad about uh, how how poorly this episode went because of the technical difficulties past is in the past let's just move forward and let's hear jessica's second recommendation which will almost certainly be something art related you say the past is in the past but you know i'm going to listen to this over and over obsessively so it will always be my present do you actually listen to these episodes again afterwards nope but i do have to i do have to go through and insert you know like when i have to insert music or i have to like in this episode i'll have to go through and find all the parts where it cut out like edit yeah. Out, yeah. And also what um, he does, well, you know, and I, before Jessica goes, I would like to tell our audience what he does. Sometimes he will go in and make me sound boring after we do the episode. He'll like, he'll take my good parts out and replace them with my boring parts. Go it's ahead. true. I use my voice. I use a voice modulator and, and just say something really dumb in Pat's voice. Or I chop right. up uh, his words and, and rearrange them into sentences to make them sound uh, dumb. Mm-hmm. Sorry, what's your next... Uh, how do you feel about that, Pat? Well, look, I he... love it. It <laughs> is the best thing ever. <laughs> he who controls GarageBand controls destiny. <laughs> so the other thing I want to recommend is not um, Artie, I don't think. Um, and I haven't read it yet. I actually want to read the book Carsick by John Waters. Oh, me too. He hitchhiked. He hitchhiked around America, and I'm going to see him. I'm going to see him in December on December first again, doing a one-man show. So I hope that that's going to be the topic of it. Is is Carsick? So I'm interested in um, in that. So I can recommend it because Role Models, his previous book, was amazing and funny and great, as well as his movies, which you might enjoy. Um. And another thing I can recommend, which Jesus is something I, I do <laughs> to enjoy myself, is go on YouTube and just pick a song that you really like and then look for covers on YouTube of that song. That's oh, what that's I a do. Fun game. 
<laughs> and I found some very interesting covers last week of uh, Let Me Roll It by Wings. And um, some of them are still troubling me as we speak. <laughs> They're troubling you. Do you see you some? There's Yes. <laughs> Man, I thought I maybe you said troubling you with some kind of pun. I can't wait to hear all the great uh, Nickelback covers, man. I'm going to go do that soon. You want to go, Pat? Uh, wait, uh, do you have more, Jessica? I'm done. Anxiously awaiting um, your recommendations, Pat. You can go, John, unless you're not ready. No, I'll go. Uh, so I want to rec- I'll recommend uh, Kobo Abe. Have you ever read him, either of you? No. no. I think that's I'm pronouncing it correctly. Last name spelled A B E like uh like Lincoln. But Japanese author, um kind of like a cross between Kafka and David Lynch, except uh even weirder than that sounds. But I've read a few of his books. I just finished one, The Ruined Map, which is kind of a detective story, but it's really not. Um and anyway, yeah, Kobo Abe, I think pretty much his, his most famous is The Woman in the Dunes, um, but he's got he's got a bunch. He's dead now, R.I.P., but uh, just pick up any one. They're all, they're all very neat. interesting, yeah. I like his, his description on Wikipedia. Surreal, often night- nightmarish explorations of individuals in contemporary society. So that sounds like a, yeah, I like it. Yeah. I will recommend something not nearly as thoughtful, but I really enjoyed it. I, I'd already heard of them before, but I finally watched their IFC show this week, and I burned all of them. I liked it so much. Garfunkel and Oates, which is, they, I guess they were song parodists for a long time, and then they built a show around their character, or maybe around their real life. I don't know if they're really like the act on the show, but the show, which I assumed would just be like excuses for them to sing, is actually a pretty interesting, well-written, fun sitcom. So uh, people should watch it. Kate McCucci and Ricky Lindholm. Correct. I'm a oh, fan like of theirs. Oh, I'm going to check out that show. You should. You'll you'd like it. It's, it's really it's kind of risque. So uh, make sure your daughter's there to to be offended. Uh, but yeah, it's really funny. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you, Jessica. I do apologize. Yes, thanks. For these... As always. Great having you, and it's too bad it was kind of uh, not as good technically as usually, but it was it was a lot of fun anyway. Yeah, I think we hit our stride toward the end. Um, yeah, just like you do in life. Once you're ninety. Okay, <laughs> sounds good. Uh, like us on Facebook. Follow us on. Um, where do we oh Twitter? I don't know. Oh, oh don't, right to us at popculturecontinuum at gmail dot com, and um, tell your friends to listen. Write us highly on iTunes after you do that. Can I say yeah? Don't don't. We should just delete our Twitter account. It's it's pointless. <laughs> I guess you're right. Well, Maybe have, we should start either delete it or start using it. Yeah. I don't know how to use it in in a a good fashion. I don't. I nope. guess I'm just not good at Twitter. No, I'm not either. I, which is why I I'm, left it. Oh, you can add us on Tumblr. I'm pretty good at Tumblr. I I add articles to that all the time that I find interesting. Mostly they end up being comic book articles, so it it, it makes people probably think we're a comic book uh, podcast, and we're not. But anyway, yeah, follow us on Tumblr because we, we put interesting articles out that other people have written there, and uh, 
So yeah, do that. I don't know why we have a Twitter, but I like the fact that we have a Twitter, so I'm not deleting it. Especially now that, uh, no, there's no reason that we should keep it. Anyway, no, do there all really isn't. Things. So we should will keep it forever. Yeah, but and make it worse. Jessica, you're of of course uh, welcome back anytime. Um, yes, and you'll come back soon anyway for something we're doing in the future, which Thank we you. haven't announced yet. Oh yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, uh, I prefer no more uh, dead rabbits in the mail from you, Jessica. But uh, you know, that, you're free to live as you wish. John doesn't speak for both of us. Oh, and by the way, I forgot to ask: Did you <laughs> use the microphone you got as a gift for this episode? I did, and it seems to be working yeah. well. Although you probably can't hear it. <laughs> who knows? Well, that's not the microphone's fault. Yeah, I have this great friend who. Um, is changing careers. Uh, he's going to go from working as in a sound studio to uh, opening up a brew bar in Ventura, California and brewing beer. And so as he was um, leaving that one profession, he gifted me this lovely microphone. Neat. That's, yeah, that's weird. Most, uh, most people involved with music start out uh, as alcoholics instead of going the other way, but... Congratulations to your drunken friend. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think that about ties everything up. I agree. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, I apologize again. Uh, until next time. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. Shh.